For those of you who wanted to see Donald Trump skedaddled from the White House, this is the week you should be celebrating Thanksgiving, giving thanks to indigenous peoples for giving Biden the White House. The native people's vote provided the margin for Biden in Wisconsin, in Nevada, and in Arizona. In Arizona, for example, the Tahano O'odham Nation voted 98% Democratic. If it were up to white people, Trump would have walked away with Arizona, but indigenous precincts in Navajo Nation lands reported 60 to 90% vote for Biden-Harris. The indigenous vote has been crucial before. In 2004, native nations gave John Kerry the votes he needed to win New Mexico and the presidency, but Kerry was never inaugurated because those native votes were never counted. That's right, never counted. This is Greg Pallast reporting for the Pacifica Radio Network. Not counted, that's right. The nasty little secret of America's elections is that we don't count all the ballots. In the 2016 election, the United States Elections Assistance Commission reported that 1,913,369 votes almost 2 million ballots, were cast and rejected, never counted. And who doesn't count? According to studies by the MIT Caltech Voting Project, the chance your vote won't get counted is 300% higher if you're Black or Hispanic or Asian American than if you're white. But in my 20 years of examining vote suppression from Florida to Ohio to Nevada, I have found no group has had more ballots rejected, spoiled, discounted, thrown away, or ignored than those cast by America's indigenous peoples. Let's go back to that 2004 Kerry Bush election. In McKinley County, New Mexico, which is 75% Navajo, in their nine precincts, only one in 10 voters voted for president, leaving their ballot choice blank. Or at least that's the official story. That's what the tallies show. Indeed, all over the Southwest, American natives by the tens of thousands are to this day supposedly seized with indecision when confronted with a choice in the voting booth. Coincidentally, natives register more than seven to one Democratic. Or maybe that's not a coincidence when the GOP counts indigenous votes. For example, in a special precinct in dirt poor Doña Ana County, created to collect absentee ballots from soldiers overseas, almost all of them indigenous or Latinx soldiers, not a single American soldier listed a choice for their commander in chief. 100% blank, not one soldier voted for president of the United States. At least that's the official count. I reached out to New Mexico's Secretary of State, Becky Vigilron, on her cell phone while she was driving to the state capitol from Albuquerque. I asked her about the missing indigenous and Hispanic military votes. The Secretary of State told me, well, a lot of these people can't make up their minds. That's a quote. Bottom line, if you're Native American, the chance your ballot will not be counted for some technical reason is 1,200% higher than if you're white. Not counting indigenous votes is as American as apple pie. But it doesn't have a long history because indigenous peoples were not even granted American citizenship until 1924. American movies celebrated the bravery of Ira Hayes, 
a Marine from the Pima Reservation in Arizona who won the World War II victory medal for his bravery. Although wounded, he was one of the soldiers who famously lifted the American flag above Iwo Jima. The war hero returned to Arizona, where, like other indigenous peoples, he was not even allowed to vote. That is, until 1948. But it's not like Arizona welcomes those American native votes today, especially because they are measurably the most progressive voting group in America. According to one survey, 9% of all indigenous people in Arizona consider themselves democratic socialists. They don't lack the will to vote, but they often lack addresses. In reservation areas and remote pueblos, many lack the formal street addresses required by the Patriot Act for voting. A reservation address might be five miles south of the gas station. That won't get you a ballot, but it can get you COVID. Navajo counties have some of the highest COVID rates in the nation. That's one reason why Arizona tribal lawyers joined the legal fight against Republicans attempting to impede mail-in voting. And let's talk about the vote. Donald Trump has one last gambit to deny the franchise to not only indigenous voters, but to all of us. How? By getting three states, either Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania, not to certify the vote. Under the U.S. Constitution, Article 2, state legislatures, not voters, choose the electors for the Electoral College. If legislators say there are too many fraudulent ballots, too many so-called fraudulent voters, they can refuse to certify the winner for that state. The result? Neither Biden nor Trump will get 270 electoral votes in the Electoral College. What happens then? Well, under Amendment 12 to the Constitution, it goes to the House of Representatives. And no, Nancy Pelosi does not pick the president out of her sorting hat. It's one state, one vote. California gets one vote, same as South Dakota. And then, because the Republicans control 26 state delegations, Trump would be re-elected constitutionally. And that's why Alex Jones was in Georgia. Palace Investigative Fund reporter Zach D. Roberts was in Atlanta where Alex Jones and a screaming pack of white nationalists were putting the heat on Republican Governor Brian Kemp not to certify the vote in Georgia. Here's Zach Roberts. As I rolled by the rally, a Christian white nationalist and anti-immigrant group led by Nick Fuentes, called the Groypers, were chanting, USA, USA. And their vision of America first seems to exclude the first Americans, the voters who, despite massive suppression, put Biden over the top. This week, you can give thanks to indigenous peoples, but don't blame them if Biden turns out to be a turkey. This is Greg Pallast in Los Angeles for the Pacifica Radio Network.